0: Good morning. I'm the Reverend Jacqueline Sheldon from St. Paul's Episcopal Church at 220 Valley Street in Willimantic, and I'm overjoyed to be with you. Let's just take a moment of silence to gather ourselves together with one heart and one mind and the purpose to know and love God and serve in the world to the glory of God, which stay. let's say the lord's prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This morning, our reading comes from Matthew's Gospel, the 18th chapter, verses 21 through 35, and I'm reading it from the English Standard Version. Then Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him, as many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Wherefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. When that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him one hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he could pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master, All that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant! I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he could pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart, the gospel of the Lord. Amen. So the reason that I wanted to begin our time together with the Lord's Prayer is because I wanted us to feel the power and the importance of forgiveness, and I wanted us to see that in the gospels, when the disciples ask Jesus to teach them to pray as he prays, he gives them This version of the Lord's Prayer, it's it's translated a little bit different from one um, translation to another. In some it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In other translations it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are debtors to us. And then in another one it says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So that piece of the prayer that Jesus gave us, interpreted in a number of different ways, Gives us an indication of how powerful and important the idea of forgiveness is in our lives and in God's intention for the world. So, I want to talk about that today. And I want us to start by remembering that whenever Jesus tells us a parable, it's a time where he's telling us an extremely good truth or thought by using a relatively simple simple story. So in the case of that understanding, we're able to take those stories and think about them over and over again and walk around them through our whole lives and get something different every single time we hear the parable. But one of the things that, and one of the things that's really important is for us to listen very carefully and try to understand the words that Jesus used. So this morning I want to point out three words in that parable story and then look at what it means about the power of forgiveness in our lives um, and the love of God that we express in the world. So the first thing that I want to talk about is uh, Jesus' introduction to the parable. So I want to remind you that the story begins by Peter coming to Jesus and asking him, uh, If he should forgive someone who sins against him, uh, how many times he should forgive them? And he suggests to Jesus that should it be seven. The reason Peter suggests that is because the standard in those days was that someone could come and ask for forgiveness three times, and of course it was the the natural um, outcome that the one that's being asked should uh, give forgiveness three times. So the standard was three times you could repent, and three times you could expect forgiveness. So when Jesus comes and comes and says to to Jesus, when Peter comes and says to Jesus, um, should it be seven times? He's actually being impressively generous. He's, he's suggesting four more times should this person be able to come and four more times. Should Peter be willing to be open to forgiving? And the surprising thing is Jesus comes forward and says, no, I don't say seven. I tell you 77 times you should forgive, which is shocking when you think about it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am um, i struggle with forgiveness from time to time. Sometimes I don't even want to forgive somebody once and I'm afraid that if I forgive somebody, they're going to keep taking advantage of me or hurting me or they've hurt me so bad, I can't just bring myself to forgive them right away. Sometimes I even have some things about forgiveness that I keep praying, God, please help me to forgive because I just can't seem to find the place in my heart to forgive the situation I'm in with this person. So forgiveness is an incredibly complex situation of complex, and difficult issue that we face in our lives. And it doesn't just mean about forgiveness for personal slights um, or for big wrongs. It even means forgiveness when you think about it from a cultural or an institutional standpoint where someone caught up in just the way they think the world is, does something that's hurtful, and uh, we're asked to forgive even that. So, what does this all mean? And how do we be careful with forgiveness so that not only do we, uh, forgive, but at the same time, we don't, uh, do it in such a dangerous way that we allow ourselves to be abused over and over again. So when I'm talking to you today, I just wanted to share all those things because it's not an easy thing. And what I want to talk about is, is, uh, a challenge and it's complex, um, but I hope and pray that what I'm about to share with you will be something that'll help you maybe see these words in the Lord's Prayer, and then that means in your journey a little different than you've ever seen it before, and maybe um, have even more freedom to forgive. So, with that being said, let's start with the introduction. After Peter starts tells this, asks this question about how many times should he forgive, and Jesus tells him seventy-seven times. Jesus then connects the parable by saying, therefore, the kingdom of God can be likened to or compared to. In other words, he's directly linking Peter's dilemma and the human dilemma of forgiveness with the story he's about to tell about forgiveness. So that word, that Greek word for compared to means The kingdom of heaven is like this because, in other words, think of it this way Jesus says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is designed like this because of your struggles with forgiveness and your misunderstandings about how to walk on this earth in love. So then he goes into the parable, and looking at it from that direction helps us to see that. Our connection to heaven has something very much to do with our relationship with God and the gifts that God gives us and the way that we understand them and and how we can love each other by understanding who God is in our lives. And that comes to the next word I want to tell you about, and that's the word about servants. If you notice in that parable, the parable is all about servants. It begins with servants are gathering to make account to the king, and then it's the servant that comes to the king that owes the great debt, and then it's the servant that comes to the other servant because he owes a debt. And then finally, it's the servants, other servants who are related, who come back to the king to report what the wicked, quote-unquote, servant did. So we need to look at that word servant. What does it mean? So in the Greek word, this this word hulo uh, for for um servant i mean dulos for servant uh has a high level of understanding about being owned by someone and having no 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 ownership of your own in this situation now at the deepest level at one level of translation this word servant means actual slave so that would be someone who was taken without their will and possessed and used so that is at one level, the definition. But the level of definition of the word that's used here is about a natural giving over to another, a a natural state of servanthood to a king. It's it's about being the attendant to the king. Uh, In this story, Jesus is talking with all these people as people who uh, really don't have anything of their own, and they're being cared for by the king, and they're serving the king. So we need to catch those words to understand more deeply about what Jesus is trying to explain to us about the way of forgiveness for us, the way of healing, and the way of mercy and truth. So, so far we we hear that because of human struggle with forgiveness and hurting each other, the kingdom of heaven is can be is compared to and can be understood this way about forgiveness, and it's important for us to understand it this way. And so, what is the way that we're to understand? The first thing that we're to understand is that all of us are held by God. We're in bondage in a way to God, but not a bondage where God takes us over and controls us, but just in the way that everything that we have is because of God. The air that we breathe, the food that we eat, um, the land that we walk on, the water that's in the world, absolutely everything, you name it, is provided for us by the creator, by the love of God. So that's how we're bound to be cared for by God within this massive system of creation. Everything that we are and everything that we can be and everything that we have is actually truly coming as a gift From divine love. So that's what makes us bound because we can't do any of that by ourselves. I mean, we can't breathe. We can't, we can't have light sun. We can't have earth. We can't have food. We can't have anything without the energy of divine love poured into this existence so that we have it. So the first thing that we need to see in Jesus's parable is that he's telling us something very important about this idea of how do we understand forgiveness based on how much We are in debt to divine love, to the creator, to the provider, to the sustainer of all that we have. So we see in the story that, um, according to the way Jesus describes the servants, we see that these servants who are coming to accounting, they're coming to accounting for what they need to settle in their account with the master. And if we see it, as Jesus tells us, the king is divine love, and there isn't a single one of us that's going to come, before the king and uh not have a great debt that we owe. And how Jesus illustrates this is that if we were to calculate out the description of how much this servant owes that the king is going to sell his family because he can't pay it back, the amount of money that that would have equated out to as Jesus put in the story is about 6 billion dollars. That's right. Let me say it again. 6 billion dollars in our terms. When that servant is standing before him and he says to the master, oh, you know, please uh, be patient with me for I'll pay it all back. Well, it's $6 billion. He's not going to pay it all back. Um, if you go into the calculations of the money that they're talking about, the talents, and you multiply it out, that's about the 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 sum that it equals out to uh, in our day today. So Jesus uses that on purpose because he's using an extreme amount that this this servant could never, ever pay back to the king, whether he wanted to or not. Uh, And he uses that illustration to say, this is how much the kingdom of God, the creator, the sustainer, and the redeemer, this is how much the redeemer gives you that you can't ever pay back. So he's trying very clearly for you and I to see that. And so that's why this is called a parable, a story, a simple story for us to think about. So he goes in and he says, please, you know, I'll do anything. Uh, just, just wait and I'll pay you back. And the king has sympathy for him and he forgives him the debt. He forgives it completely. So just like that, God doesn't hold us as debtors to all that he gives us, but he wants us to appreciate it. And we can see that that's where Jesus is going with us when we get to the next moment, because we come back to the human dilemma of forgiveness and what we owe each other and how we judge each other and what happens because where do we go in the story jesus comes down to humans he comes down to two of those who are in the embrace of god's love and owe everything to god for their existence and this one servant who's just come out freed of his his debt meets the next servant and chokes him and wants his money. And now this servant owes him in the neighborhood of about, in our daily financial understanding today, about $12,000. So if a servant back then worked every day, a common servant worked every day on a daily labor, they could bring home in comparison to our money today, roughly around say $30,000. So what that means is that the chance that this person could actually pay back the wicked servant who had been forgiven uh it it was in the ballpark he could have it when he drops to his knees and begs him to forgive him and the, the in the in the in the servant is so angry he throws him in prison the fact is that when he says have patience with me and i'll pay you back he could have probably paid him back so and then you need to see Jesus is telling us a story that's really important for us to absorb completely. So, what we can't ever do on our own in relationship to God and all the gifts God gives us, we then come down to the dilemma of how we struggle with each other, how we judge each other, how we get angry with each other, all the different forms and levels of forgiveness for, for slights and, and wrongs and everything else, where Jesus is showing us. All the little stuff that we see in our human existence, we need to put into the uh, aspect of what it means to know the love of God in our lives and to have God providing everything for us as we look at how we love one another and how we forgive each other and how we treat each other. He's intentionally making this parable that big for us to see it. And when we get to the end line, I want to talk about that word heart, when Jesus says, and the father, the the king will do the same, and in heaven, the father will do the same thing if we don't forgive from our hearts. We will not be forgiven. Now, why is that being said? Let's think about that for a minute. The reason I want to suggest that it's being said is because the real pain and sorrow here is that servant, the wicked servant who wouldn't forgive his brother's servant, he had no appreciation for everything he was getting. He had no, not one single shred of appreciation for the the enormous love and provision that is was his. That is his in that story by the king. He completely doesn't appreciate it because if he appreciated it, he would most naturally forgive the other servant he would forgive him number one because he felt the depth of relief that he had when the king forgave him but number two he would be so trusting of everything that he has and the king was taking care of him that being patient and kind and merciful with his fellow servant wouldn't have been an issue because he would have fully experienced the forgiveness of god the love of god the generosity of god the mercy of god in his own life so that's the key to this complex issue of forgiveness. There's no formula that says, forgive this one, forgive, don't forgive that one, protect protect yourself from this one, do whatever, whatever. Forgiveness is a hard thing, and, and it, it's, it's something that we have to do every day, all of our lives, just like the Lord's Prayer says, forgive us our trespasses, our debts, our sins, as we forgive those who trespass or sin or have debt against us we say those words jesus wants us to say those words daily because he wants us to remember that it is the love of god that sustains us that allows us to be merciful to each other so this morning um as you think about this parable and you think about these words the the word of the kingdom of god being intentionally created for you this way the word You are one of the servants, the attendant to the king naturally and beautifully. And number three, that your heart, the soul, the very depth, the very core of your heart needs to be moved so that you can love and forgive just the way Christ calls you to love and forgive. Take this in. Think about it during the week. And when you get into those little moments where somebody just kind of annoys you and ticks you off, or maybe something bigger happens, or all of a sudden you remember something somebody did to you and it starts running down in your brain, I want you to go back and think about the king of love who gives you everything and forgives you everything. Maybe you can forgive and love somebody else and forgive and love yourself as well. Amen. Our father but in